Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Deutsche Bank Private Bank's Chief Investment Office Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Sarah Stabler, Head of Emerging Markets Communications in the Private Bank, and I'm here in Singapore speaking with our Chief Investment Officer for APAC, Stephanie Hotzigen. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Welcome back. Great to have you back. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me back. Uh, as always, just a quick reminder for our listeners that we're recording this on Friday, September 29, the end of the um, third quarter for the week ahead, beginning Monday, the 2nd of October. Um, Stephanie, it's quite unbelievable that we're now about to start um, Q4. Um, and I know last week you you published the CIO Outlook, um, but um, before we get into that, uh, perhaps you could sort of talk us through what everyone's really watching at the moment, which is the potential for the US government shutdown. What does that mean and, and um, what, what does that mean for the week ahead? Yes, um, exactly. So we have published our fourth quarter outlook. Uh, we did a, a big virtual webinar around it as well, and the research is available um, in terms of the short term, though, at the moment, there's a lot of debate around the U.S. shutdown, and I think we must cover it here because it's something that could uh, be our reality when we come um, on Monday So uh, to the office. So um, as we speak, the U.S. Congress faces a midnight deadline to pass a federal spending measure to avert the shutdown. Um, but, um, you know, the prospect of a federal government shutdown starting 1st of October looks now increasingly real. And um, the challenge, of course, is for a Fed that is trying to guide the economy on a soft landing. The timing is uh, really not ideal. And a prolonged furlough uh, of workers would also delay some crucial data and jobs um, uh, on uh, an inflation that we're expecting. And then, of course, raise questions about data reliability and potentially also give a temporary blow uh, to GDP. So um, uh, from uh, from the calculations we are making, the, the kind of rule of thumb is that each week of a shutdown takes about 0.2% of the annualized real GDP growth in that quarter. Um, and so whilst, of course, um, you know, all this can be re- recovered once the government shutdown is behind us um, and it will be reversed, um, it's still a precarious timing because the economy is already dealing with more than 500 basis points of Fed rate hikes. You know, there's an auto worker strike going on. We have a jump in oil prices. So it's it's, it's a tricky timing. Absolutely. I mean, it, it sounds like it's a potentially risky week ahead um, with potential volatility and uncertainty. Um, of course, you know, any we've got the mid US midterm elections um, next year, so there'll be plenty of um, discussion around that. But I mean, in terms of um, those sort of implications for data releases, and what data do we have coming out next week, or that's due out next week, that that the market and particularly the Fed are, is is closely watching and anticipating. Yeah. So first of all, in terms of the extent of um, federal workers that could be furloughed. You know, if we look at the um, shutdowns we had um, in previous years, we had about 800,000 um, of workers being affected. Now, the estimates that are done around this time puts a number more towards the 750,000 mark. So we talk about, um, you know, um, quite a part um, that affects the 
unemployment data that is uh, being captured there, but really you spoke about uh, the impact on availability and quality of data. So one part is, of course, that there could be a delay to economic data releases in October. Um, and um, that includes the jobs report that is due to come out on the 6th of October. That is Friday. We have CPI uh, we wait for on the 12th of October. We have retail sales and also the PCE price index later in the month. And one part, of course, is the delay uh, in terms of the quality of data once you have to recapture um, the data that you couldn't collect during the time people were, were not working. That is um, something that um, is, of course, uh, not ideal. I do not want to go as far as, you know, trying to have implications on what uh, that means on the Fed being able to steer with visibility around the data or not, because I think we are not at the point yet where we know how uh, how long that shutdown uh, will take. Our base case is that it will be a brief one because there's every, you mentioned politics, there's every political uh, motivation to, to uh, do not prolong this situation if it then happens. But, um, you know, maybe that is something one needs to look at um, if the situation unfolds to be a longer one. I'm sure everyone will be watching it very, very closely. Um, but speaking of data, I believe um, closer to our, our region in Asia, we've got um, the Reserve Bank of Australia, Reserve Bank of New Zealand and Reserve Bank of India um, all me meeting next week as well. Um, do you want to sort of recap what's expectations around those um, those meetings, the central bank? Yes, we have important central bank meetings here in the region. We have also a lot of data we can talk about later. But in terms of the central banks, we have the Reserve Bank of Australia um, expected to keep rates um, at 4.1%. Um, that is uh, the meeting on the 3rd of October. So with that, they will be maintaining the status quo for the fourth trade meeting. However, you know, the CPI data, if you look at this, um, the RBA may actually not be able to already pivot uh, towards starting to support growth, um, you know, uh, and also the labor market remains tight. So there could still be uh, another 25 basis points uh, rate hike later in the year. Um, but, um, you know, for this one, uh, expect these to stay on hold. Same, by the way, for Reserve Bank of New Zealand that you mentioned, they are also standing uh, pat, um, you know, although higher oil prices are, risking to bring up headline inflation. But, um, you know, most probably uh, the RBNZ is done tightening and will then wait for weakening in the economy to drag inflation down to its target. Now, India is also a very interesting one. I expect them to, uh, you know, give us a hawkish hold at 6.5% repo rate and stay cautious on upside inflation risk that are coming actually from these uneven monsoon rains in the region and also higher crude oil prices and this whole higher for longer narrative in global rates. But definitely three interesting um, central bank meetings here for us in the region. Absolutely. Um, turning to Japan, because actually there's some data coming out for, for Japan next week as well. Um, can you can you sort of give us give our listeners an idea of what's expectations around that? Well, they've seen fairly... fairly um, Really good equity markets um, and the yen, yen um, are you expecting intervention with with regard to the yen? Um, perhaps you could recap on Japan. Yes, the um, so absolutely. So the Japanese yen is now approaching uh, intervention levels again. So there's a lot of 
eyes on Japan for, you know, the price action that we have, um, but also in regards, of course, to the information we got from the Bank of Japan and possibly moving away for good from this ultra-accommodative policy. Now we have the Tankan release that will give a kind of snapshot of corporate sentiment and business conditions, but I think also the Bank of Japan will monitor wage data very closely because this is important for assessing the inflation outlook. But if I can stay in the in, in the region as well, we have an early kickoff of data releases for China, which is, of course, um, you know, also um, still a market that is, um, you know, suffering in terms of negative and uh, sentiment around uh, the worries in the property sector. You know, with all the central bank, um, sorry, the central government measures that have been put in place, most probably the data that we get will show a bit of economy rebounding. Um, So we get official PMI data on Saturday. We get the Kaishin report that was shifted to Sunday, um, likewise. But most probably in terms of stabilizing the risk sentiment that is still very much impeded by uh, um, a lot of worrisome headlines around uh, property sector worries, Um, you know, most probably we need to get get more data uh, that will show a positive impact on economics from the policy measures. But it's a start and it's definitely something we monitor because, you know, measuring uh, the economic realities uh, versus where the price actions is very important. And let's not forget, we are just kicking off the golden week as well, which is again a big travel week uh, um, for China. Um, And we expect, um, you know, with everything that we've seen already and um, the national data statistics on local travel, but also international travel, to give positive uh, green shoots for the economy. Absolutely. Um, so with that, I think that that's that's all we've got time for today. Um, but I would like to wish all our listeners and you, Stephanie, a very, a very enjoyable mid-autumn festival. And I hope you are blessed with many mooncakes, uh, which is the custom here in Asia. Uh, so with that, my thanks to you for your time and your fabulous insights and my thanks to our listeners for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. I'm wishing you a very good uh, mid-autumn festival as well. Thank you. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, 
a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC, and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.